welcome to episode 23 of Welcome to Primetime. I'm Anthony. I'm Holly. I'm Alyssa. Alyssa is my sister and a very special guest on today's episode. And so, as everybody probably knows, the format of the show is usually me and Holly watch movies and then we talk about them. But today, we're going to do something a little bit different because the likelihood of me, Holly, and Alyssa all having watched the same movies uh, in the past week or so is probably slim to none. As you will hear in our uh, choices for the things we've decided to talk about tonight. Yeah, they, they differ a lot. Um, so what we've what we have done is we've taken five categories. I think it's five, yeah five <laughs> categories. And so the the categories are a movie that everyone should watch, a movie by your favorite director, a movie that makes you cry, a movie that never gets old, and then your favorite franchise. And so we have five, I'm assuming, very different lists. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, we're just going to talk about those. And then maybe you can find some recommendations to watch uh, for the next uh, two years of quarantine. <laughs> so, uh, but, yeah. So, anyway, we're going to start off. Um, who wants to go first? We haven't rehearsed any of this. No, I can go first. Okay. Holly's okay. starting it off. All right, so our first category is a movie everyone should watch. And um, the one on my list, whenever Anthony first asked us this question, it was like one that I hadn't seen in a really long time, but it immediately came to my mind. Um, and that is Darius Goes West. I actually don't think I've ever seen that. It's it's a documentary, um, but it is um, it was released in 2007. And I remember they made us watch it one day in middle school. Um, but it's about um, this... 15-year-old kid, and he has uh, muscular dystrophy. Oh, okay. And they start, him and his friends start in Athens, and they head west to L.A. because he wants to request the people from Pimp My Ride um, to pimp out his wheelchair. Oh, And cool. so it's, like, all about, so, like, they are raising awareness for muscular dystrophy, and they're testing the accessibility um, of certain public areas. Uh, there's a part where they go and they check uh, the accessibility for places like the Grand Canyon and like certain caves, like just touristy things. Mm-hmm. And there's actually a really great part where they take him to the beach for the first time ever and uh-huh. they help him get in the water. That's it's just, cool. It's really, it's just like a good watch. Um and it kind of, it gives you the good feelings. It gives you warm and fuzzies. Um, once they get to L.A., they actually deny his request to make over his wheelchair. Really? Yeah, which is kind of lame. That is. Why um, did, did they give a reason why? No, not really. Um, not that I remember, at least. But whenever they return back to Athens, Georgia, there's a local body shop who does it for him there. Um, That's cool. Yeah. And after that, he, like, tours around and he does a lot of talking at different schools mostly like middle schools i believe yeah um but he like recently passed away but it's like a really moving it's a really moving documentary and i think everyone should watch it yes that's awesome so did did they um how did they get the word out about it did they shoot the documentary and then like get it distributed yeah they they distributed it to a lot of film festivals Ah, so if you look at the cover of it it has all the little film festival banners on it there's like probably like 10 or 12 different film festivals that it was at. Oh, it was nice. a crazy, crazy amount. But it's really, it's really, really a cool watch. So cool. I think everyone should watch it because um, it's a good eye opener to, you know, the challenges that come with being in a wheelchair and um, traveling to see the things that everyone else gets to see, you know, yeah. things that we take, for, stuff granted. We take for granted. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so that's mine um, awesome. that everyone should watch. Nice. What was the name of that so, one again? Uh, Darius Goes West. Cool. Awesome. So, Liz, you want to go next? I guess. Okay. Okay. Um, for mine that everyone should watch, I put 1917 or Dunkirk. Oh, nice. Okay, both cool. Same area. Yeah, yeah they're, like both, the they're both idea. very similar yeah. movies, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, what um what exactly the could you would you pick one over the other? Hmm. That's pretty hard. Yeah. I would I don't know. I guess the more recent one that I watched was 1917 that we all watched together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what's like your favorite your favorite stuff that's in 1917? Um well I guess in 1917 it focuses more on the two guys having mm-hmm. to travel together. But and then Dunkirk it shows like everybody. Yeah. More if that yeah. makes sense. It's a, yeah, it's like the whole yeah. I really like in 1917 the um the kind of one shot take that they did where mm-hmm. or, you know it's not really one shot but it looks like it is and like we were watching the the features the Blu-ray special features it had um the, like why they decided to to make it one shot and it was because of it was such a character driven story that just those two characters and you stay with them the whole time so the camera never cuts away from them which I thought was pretty interesting I really like that one a lot that was cool we, we got to see it in the theater too. In 1917, they travel more too, mm-hmm. <clears throat> like on through different places. But in Dunkirk, it's mainly like on the beach and stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like Dunkirk a lot. Did you go with us to see? I know uh, me and Dad and um, Matt went mm-hmm. to go and see. No, we went saw an IMAX, but yeah. Dunkirk we did, which is cool. I watched yeah. Dunkirk by myself. <laughs> Dunkirk was really good. I, I like I like both of those movies. Cool. And it has Harry Styles in it, <laughs> so that makes it better. <laughs> Those are um, 1917 and Dunkirk are good picks. So for my movie that um, everyone should watch, I picked La La Land, and probably That's a good one. yeah, mm-hmm. probably not surprising to you guys. Um, no, but mm-hmm. I just really like um, I don't know you, you know when like when you watch a movie or you listen to a song or you watch a TV show or whatever and you watch it at just the right time and it kind of just it's like oh my gosh this was kind of written for me or whatever mm-hmm. that was kind of the time that I saw la la land and so it really really stuck with me and at first i was like maybe i just watched it at the exact right time and then i rewatched it like a million times i was like no that's just a really good movie <laughs> and um it combines movies and music two of my favorite things and so i think it's really cool and uh for anybody who hasn't seen it it's basically about these two uh characters mia and sebastian and sebastian wants to be a jazz uh pianist and wants to own a jazz club and perform there and uh, Mia is an expi- uh, an aspiring actress, and so they kind of meet in L.A. and hit it off, and then they are ultimately kind of have to choose whether they want to stay together or want to, you know, pursue their careers. And um, it sounds kind of like a cheesy generic love story, but if you haven't seen it, it's really really good. It's um I think it's kind of an interesting. It's like a a musical, but not a cheesy musical. You know, it's not one of those ones where everybody just automatically knows the words to the songs and they start dancing and stuff, but. Some of that does happen, but I think it's done in a cool way. And so. we got to see some of where they shot the movie. We went to Los Angeles. Yeah, we did. We got to see the bridge um, that they dance on, and we got to see the um, the historic theater there. Um, and we got to see a couple of places outside of the uh, Chinese theater. It was pretty cool. So, yep. So that's my that's my pick for a movie that everyone should watch. So I'm going to pass it back to Holly. This is um, a movie by your favorite director. Yeah. Um, so I had trouble with this one because I'm not as familiar with directors as 
Anthony is. Um, and so I really kind of had to look into a lot of different movies and think about different styles that I liked. So this is kind of based off of, I guess, styles. Um, and the movie that I really liked um, was Romeo and Juliet from uh, 1996 with Leonardo DiCaprio. Um, I really liked the colors in it, and I liked um, the sort of witty nods to uh, Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet, of course, because that's what it, the movie is. Mm-hmm. But um, there's like a part where they have like a gunfight. Um, but of course, in Shakespeare's time, they didn't have guns, they had swords. Mm-hmm. But the gun is made by a company called Sword. So it was a, a sword fight. So ah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I liked the little clever things that they put in there. Um, he uses a lot of neon um, in that, and a lot of bright colors, mm-hmm. um, a lot of bright destinations contrasted by dark. Yeah, know, a lot of candlelight, um, kind of like Del Toro with the color scheme. Lots yeah, of, almost mm-hmm. like whimsical fairy tale esque. Mm-hmm. Very whimsical, and his other movies. Um, where Moulin Rouge, I don't know if you've ever seen that. I haven't. I actually, I've never mm-hmm. watched that. I've never seen the Titanic all the way through. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Never watched all the, I've seen bits and pieces of it, but I've never just sat down and watched the whole thing. I've never no. seen the, that Romeo and Juliet with Leonardo DiCaprio. It's really good. I've seen the other should watch it. I think it's on Netflix right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and he also directed Gatsby, the most recent great oh, Gatsby. Oh, wow. I can't believe yeah. I forgot about that one. Mm-hmm. That so lot, lots of colors, lots of chrome, lots of flash, lots of, you know, um, very interesting choices, but also I just realized I said Titanic and yeah. not Romeo. I was thinking Titanic because you said Leo. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> I was like, what does Titanic have to do with? Long yeah, years? I just <laughs> I was just sitting here thinking, and I was like, maybe I should address that. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, I just said Titanic because you said Leo, and my brain went to Titanic. That's for okay. some reason. But, yeah, no, yeah. it's okay. I mean, that, speaking that's of like his. Yeah. I feel like that's what he's known for the mm-hmm. most. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so I feel like that's where know, my brain went with that. It doesn't one. matter if he was in anything before that because that's what like put John him on the map. He was in yeah. uh, he was yeah. in Goosebumps too. He was in an episode of Goosebumps. That, oh, that was yeah. like I'm pretty sure his first acting role was in an episode of Goosebumps. Oh my gosh! But, yeah, but sorry, yeah, took a little so, turn there. Yeah, that's Buzz. <laughs> um, but also, I really like the style of James Wan. I really like when directors use a lot of color, mm-hmm. you know, to tell stories and tell things behind the scenes. You know, yeah. James Wan uses a lot of the blue and red, mm-hmm. um, and I like that as well. I just like whenever someone really defines their style, and you can kind of tell, like, oh, this this yeah. is definitely directed by the same person who directed this. You know? Yeah, like you can watch yeah. like thirty seconds of it and be like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's like any- James Wan or that's Bosler. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, like any anything that I've watched by James Wan, you can tell, like, oh, yeah, that's James Wan. Mm-hmm. And I remember the first time I made the connection, I was like, um, this guy who did Romeo and Juliet, I wonder if he directed Moulin Rouge, too. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it was... Yeah, he true. has that very sort of like flashy kind of artsy style. Mm-hmm. He kind of he showed that off a lot in um in uh, the Great Gatsby mm-hmm. remake too, which yeah. I guess him and, and him and Leo worked together a lot too. So yeah, I guess so. Um, guess he was in that as well. Yeah, but yeah, that's cool. That's a good pick. Mm-hmm. That's something that's kind of like I wouldn't have expected. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't even something that I was thinking, but I was just like, I think I really like directors who are super. Yeah like state who they are you know yeah you know exactly what you're getting mm-hmm. cool so what's yours list um i picked back to the future nice that's a good pick robert mm-hmm. zemeckis mm-hmm. cool so what's um why did you pick that one um i don't know i like them because like it reminds me of fall 
don't know if that's weird or not. No, because like we always watch them. We always fall. watch them. Yeah, yeah we re- we seem like, to rewatch them. Yeah, yeah. Like, like every fall. My favorite little fall movie. Mm-hmm. I love all three of them, but my first one's oh my gosh, the first one is probably my favorite. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love I love that whole trilogy. Um, and like especially how old they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I love all three of those movies. They're they're so like I don't think there's a bad one in the whole mm-hmm. the whole trilogy. The I like the I think it's in the third one and they go back to the wild wild west and <laughs> yeah. all that. That's that's a lot of fun. I like that one. But the first one's really cool too. I always mm-hmm. um I always really like it, it just makes me feel kinda nostalgic, I think, whenever I watch it. But yeah, those are those are all really cool. I met um Christopher Lloyd, who plays Doc Brown at Agacon one year. He was cool. He's kinda hard of hearing. <laughs> he's really old. Yeah, he, he's pretty old. <laughs> I've never but. seen all of the Back to the Future. Ooh, we should watch those. I don't well, even think I really sat down and watched the whole Back to the Future. They're all so good. So yeah, good. they're really like witty and funny, and they're just like a it's like something that kind of everybody could watch and enjoy. It's mm-hmm. like a good family movie. Um, the whole trilogy is, and they're not really like super long either. Yeah. I think most of them about an hour and a half, hour forty five. Yeah. So, yeah, they're good though. Um, but yeah, cool, good pick. Never mind. I, I need to rewatch Back to the Future mm. again. It's been a while since mm. I've watched them all. Yeah, what's yeah. your pick? So, um, I pick The Fog because it is by John my Carpenter. favorite uh, director. Yeah, John Carpenter. Mm. And um, speaking of people who use light and color mm-hmm. and everything really well, um, which I mean, he uses he, he he's able to direct really well, but he uh, he uses Dean Cundey, which is his director of photography, like all the time. And um, he did he did the direct um, the DP work for this as well, and um, so if you haven't seen the fog, um, go watch the fog. But it's basically <laughs> about uh, this town of Antonio Bay, and they um, there's this kind of the town is cursed, and so this this night this uh, centennial that's a hundred years right centennial mm-hmm. um, of this um, of a date where. I don't really want to give too much away in case you haven't seen it, but basically this horrible thing happens and it's the centennial of, of this event. Uh, and the town is, you know, basically like turning a hundred years old and they're having a big celebration and this, uh, these like ghost pirates kind of come into town and start wreaking havoc. And, uh, it's just very atmospheric and suspenseful and the music's really good and the lighting and everything is cool. And the fog effects are awesome. And, uh, it's got, um, Jamie Lee Curtis and it's got, um, Actually, there's a bunch of really good actors and actresses in it. Janet uh, Lee Curtis's mom is in it. Yeah, right? Janet yeah. Lee and Adrian Barbeau, and um, it's got um, Tom Atkins and Charles Cyphers, and yeah, got a lot of good, a lot of good people in it, and um, yeah, super cool. The remake was hot garbage though, so if you have uh, if you haven't seen that, you should just stay away from it. It's so bad. Before I saw the original. <laughs> Yeah, they're trying to like close the holes in the doors. Yeah, That's how we watch it like through. every Halloween. <laughs> yeah, it's a staple in my Halloween viewing. I love it, and the the music is just so so good. I love it. But um, yeah. So category three is a movie that makes you cry. So <laughs> this one, this one, this one's really hard for me because I don't really cry at movies a whole lot. Um, I just don't. <laughs> Um, I don't really either, get, honestly. Sometimes I get misty, like my like I, you know, want to cry and I feel like sad, but like I just don't really like produce the tears that run down. You know, the only one that I've ever cried at, 
um, was Tangled, and we've talked about this a lot. <laughs> <laughs> the, the scene with the lanterns, I have no idea why. It just oh, got me. That scene is pretty. I did cry at that. Yeah. Too. It just got me. Um, I don't know. It's so pretty, and just the words that they're singing. Um, oh, she's like looking up at the sky. I know. <laughs> it's just magical. It's like pure Disney magic, you mm-hmm. know. That Pixar Disney, has a way. Pixar, Pixar does. Pixar Disney always Pixar. Makes you it, yeah, it's so, you know, they just really know how to pull on your heartstrings. And, you know, there's nothing like fantastical about the, the formula of Tangled. It's just basically any princess movie that you watch, yeah. you know. Um, but... I don't know. It made me cry. That's 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 okay though, because sometimes you just hit like a. It doesn't have to be like a. I mean, there's nothing particularly groundbreaking about the fog, but it's just a great movie. And sometimes, it, I think sometimes movies can try too hard. Like mm-hmm. sometimes a movie can try too hard to be sad or too hard yeah. to be scary, and then mm-hmm. when you just kind of. I also did cry when Tony Stark. Yeah, yeah. I think that was the last movie that like the last movie and one of the only movies that I've ever actually cried in. Um, Big spoiler, but... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, if you haven't seen it, then sorry. Yeah, but But, I mean, if you haven't seen it by now... Scarlett Johansson, her character... A Black Widow. Black Widow. Yeah, Yeah. I I cried a lot during um, Endgame, so... Yeah, Endgame was just gut-wrenching. The Mm -hmm. only animated movie that ever made me cry was Coco. The first time I watched it, I was like, no. Is that your pick? (laughs) No. no. What is your pick? What is your pick? Uh, my pick is A Walk to Remember mm-hmm. or Becoming Jane. Okay. Um, I can't remember who's in A Walk to Remember, like the actors, but... Is it Mandy Moore? It might be. Is it? But in Becoming Jane, it has James McAvoy and Anne oh, Hathaway. So these are two different movies? Yeah. Okay. Becoming Jane is uh, Anne Hathaway and James McAvoy, what did you say? Um, and it's about, like, she plays Jane Austen, like, in how she started her career oh, and okay. everything. Cool. And but it's kind of like showing how she would write her books, but also like how she fell in love. But spoiler, like if she 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 falls in love, but she doesn't want to like get married, or she can't get married to him for some reason. Um, so like they end up never marrying anybody else. I don't think like they stay single for the rest of their lives. It's really sad, and then like. Gotcha. Yeah, it sounds sad. <laughs> and then a walk to remember is uh, she is it Mandy Moore? Yeah, it is Mandy yeah. Moore. She has like terminal cancer, I think, mm-hmm. or like a brain tumor, and she starts ta- um, dating this guy. She's still in high school, so she's really young. And um, it's like it sounds cheesy, but it's not. Um, and she starts talking to this guy, but he doesn't know that she's sick. Mm-hmm. And so then, like one day, she just like is no longer there. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. kind of hard to describe. Yeah. It's a really long movie. Mandy Moore sings that song Only Hope in it. Yeah, yeah. it's really sad. <laughs> <laughs> so sad. So That would make you cry more than Becoming Jane, I think. If you're not depressed <laughs> from quarantine already, <laughs> watch you're welcome. These. Go watch these movies. <laughs> watch Endgame and then A Walk to Remember. <laughs> oh, but first you have to watch all the other Marvel movies so it yeah. actually hurts you. <laughs> yeah, you have to feel that pain. Feel that punch to the gut mm-hmm. so mine i bet you can probably guess mine holly unless you have uh already seen it on i've my seen phone. it You've i'm seen not it. surprised yeah yeah so my pick is wally oh um, wow one of like i said before one of the only movies that has made me cry there's been like wally a handful made you cry? wally made me cry yeah i watched it like shortly after it came out which was like 11 years ago mm-hmm. um i watched it uh, with my friend ethan mm-hmm. and uh we both like looked over at each other at the same time and we were both just like 
it was the part where you know spoiler alert but i mean if you haven't seen wally it's been like 12 years since it came out i think spoilers um, are fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's the part where you know you're not really sure if wally is gonna make it oh, yeah. and he gets kind of you know squished. destroyed squished and then eve sees him and everything and then and then he comes back to life you know and he's like eva and i was just like oh. <laughs> it's so sad but um yeah such a great movie i love it it's so colorful and the music is really great and um had we uh been able to have the the wedding that we planned um we were going to use a song from the from wally that's it but yeah so, um wally is one of the uh yeah one of the few movies that has made me cry a lot <laughs> so sad but a great movie it's not sad the whole way because it ends up you know being happy but um it's a great movie super colorful and oh the part that made me sad was when like they put that plant mm-hmm. like in eve or whatever and then she walks up yeah he's like trying to hold her hand but he can't and yeah he gets really sad and rolls away it's such a great movie <laughs> i love the scene when um he kind of like he's trying to raise his eyebrows for for Eve and it's like yeah just yeah and it keeps he keeps doing that to mm-hmm. kind of get her attention. I love the the dynamic between the two. Like there's no there's no dialogue there's no spoken words for like the first thirty minutes, but it's just so good. Yeah, and uh, just kind of proves that you don't really need a lot of talking. I think a lot of Pixar or at least the Pixar shorts are like that. The shorts are no yeah. That's one of the yeah. like one of the only like feature movies they've done like that where. It doesn't have a lot of dialogue. Like the whole movie, there's, there's, I mean, the most of the dialogue's in the last like probably half hour of it or so. Mm-hmm. There, oh, there is one that they're coming out with now that's based off of a short called Soul. And yeah. I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure it's gonna like rip my heart in half because it looks it's about like it. a jazz musician who passes away and like his soul is yeah goes, yeah. Like, yeah yeah that looks good. It was supposed to come out this summer. I heard yeah, they pushed it back to like November or something like that, which. Yeah, everything is kind of getting pushed back, but um, yeah, so we can go down that rabbit hole later, though. Yeah, we can. <laughs> we'll talk about it probably because we'll go see it. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, moving on to category number four is a movie that never gets old. This is going to be a pretty fun one, I think. Mine that never gets old is The Conjuring. Yeah. I could watch it so many times. It's Alyssa's favorite movie, too. <laughs> no. Just I still <laughs> Alyssa hates scary movies. Most scary movies, at least. There's a few that it she was, It was the first movie in a long time that actually scared me. Yeah. You know? And I remember opening night, we sat on the front row because there was nowhere else to sit. Oh, you gosh, know, like that's the worst place to sit. Yeah, you know how the movie theater gets the opening It's kind of wild, yeah. It's like the best crowd or the worst crowd, you know? Yeah. We always yeah. get the worst crowds. We yeah. seem to, yeah. There's a, a few times we've gotten a good crowd, and then most of the time it's just like the worst people talking well, the whole like, time. The first time I watched The Conjuring, it was with you and somebody else. Mm-hmm. I can't remember who it was. And Anthony would tell me, like, when the scary part is coming up, and he supposedly forgot about the scary part. It was like this thing called the dresser. Off the, dresser. the dresser, yeah. yeah. And I said, heck no, we're not the last one. <laughs> That's a good one. That That's was a such a one. great scare. And I, was, so I, was like, I was like, I can't ruin it. And for... Yeah, and you did. Like, and I left. And he just really knows how to build the tension. Like, yeah. even if there's not a jump scare payoff at the end, it's always like, oh, you know? Yeah. So you ever get the pay... <laughs> Am I British? Eva <laughs> Longoria. <laughs> you you either get the payoff of a jump scare or the payoff of like relief that there's not one. Yeah, you know. I, mean, I guess I should have known it was about to be scary because it like started zooming in on uh-huh. it. I think it was like really dark and quiet. I think it was quiet. 
Yeah, it was quiet. Really quiet. Yeah. You made a, you made a good point though when you said like he kind of builds the suspense and then even mm-hmm. if there's not a jump scare, what like unrelated but um, that's what's that's what was so scary to me about Hereditary oh, was yeah. that you kept thinking like okay there's gonna be a jump scare there's gonna be a jump scare there's gonna be something no, and there just wasn't the dread just kept building up about you know and and I was just like like he got scared for the movie. Hereditary actually did scare me. Yeah, I saw it in the theater alone, completely by myself. I would there not was nobody, nobody else in the uh-uh. theater. It was like ten thirty at night, and I was just like, and then you had to drive home and, and yeah, try to sleep. It was yeah, it was really yeah. It, I was like, oh my god, and uh, but yeah, it was pretty scary. So anyway, I just I just wanted to say that. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that's mine. The movie that never gets old. I could watch The Conjuring like. So many times, it's still not old. You know, yeah. The Conjuring one and two, like you know. I think so. What's your if you had to pick one? Would the first one be your favorite or, or the second one? I would think the first one would be first my one? favorite. Second yeah. one's my fave. Mm-hmm. I like both. They're both so good, but the second one to me, yeah, just kind of gives that notch extra. Like with the with the nun scene oh, yeah. where she gets, oh, uh, which so I mean, creepy. the the nun movie was pretty terrible, but yeah. the the nun and the Conjuring, if they would have just kind of left it at that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, she's so mysterious. Like you yeah. have no idea where she comes from. It's whenever you give her too much screen time, yeah. too much the story, I agree. that like it becomes problematic. And it, yeah, and it's kind of like that with any character. Like mm-hmm. if you take a character that is kind of mysterious and like that's what makes them scary, and then you're mm-hmm. just like, here's their whole backstory. Like, yeah, well, here's mean, how to defeat them. Here's it, where they came from. Then it's no longer really scary. It, it goes from being this like malevolent being to being just a comic book villain. Yeah, you know, because you have to give it a backstory, and mm-hmm. you know how. Did they become that's evil? a really good point actually yeah, yeah. i mean it is kind of like comic book it, villain. it's just kitschy yeah you know mm-hmm. so good point green goblin kingpin yeah yep <laughs> that's true so mm-hmm. what's yours um i picked hunger games but uh-huh. i picked the second one catching fire mm-hmm. 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 that's a good one <laughs> nice so why'd you pick it um well i love the hunger games series I was kind of mad when they separated Mockingjay into two parts. Yeah. I didn't think it was necessary. Like, it wasn't. They could have fit. Because it was one, like, the book wasn't in two parts. Yeah, it was parts. just Mockingjay. No. Yeah. yeah. Like, they just drew it out, I guess, to make more money off of it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> it was, because it was yeah. like, um, I remember being going to see that with you and mm-hmm. being really disappointed. Because it's like, right when the movie, like, the movie that you wanted to see kicks in, like, it yeah, cuts off. Yeah, the beginning well, was just a mm-hmm. waste of time. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like Harry Potter, too. That's what happened with the Deathly Hallows. The, the, Deathly Hallows. Yeah. the whole first part is like, why, you know, <laughs> yeah. why is this a whole movie? And yeah. then, like, at the very end of it, you're like, oh, this is oh, what I came to see. Yeah, that's why. Yeah. I used to be but, obsessed with the Hunger Games. Like, I read all the books, and then I dressed up as Katniss one year for Halloween. <laughs> yeah, I remember that, yeah. uh-huh. <laughs> So Catching Fire is your favorite of yeah, the series? Yeah, I like, because, like, they're in Hawaii, I think. In the second one, not sure. Um, I can't remember like the name of it. So the quarter the, coil, yeah, the quarter mm-hmm. coil. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. that's a good one. And they show more characters like um in the second one that are gonna be in the Mockingjay Part One and Two. Mm-hmm. So like, cause in the first one, like you know, mostly all the characters die. Yeah. So they show the ones that are gonna be in the rest of the series. So is Catching Fire your favorite book too, or was um the. 
I think Mockingjay was my favorite yeah. book. It's funny because I think like out of the movie series, Catching Fire would be my favorite as well. But the book, my the book was Mockingjay was like a thousand times better mm-hmm. than the movie was. I think Catching Fire was also longer than Hunger Games, like the first one. Mm-hmm. And then I, what I didn't like was how they made um, I can't remember his name, like the two guys that she goes back and forth between, oh, like how um, they drew that out because it's completely different. In the Peta, and, yeah, uh, Peta, and I can't remember the other guy's name, Gail. Yeah. yeah. Cause like, and I'm pretty sure in the books she ends up marrying Gale, if I'm correct. I don't know. I don't I know. I, don't know. I think, I think it's Peta. That yeah, she has Peta? kids with Peta. That's mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, but like she just they just have her go back and forth. Sounds so much like a guy with a heavy New York accent. <laughs> Peta. Peta. So much in the movies, and I don't like it. I think it's like a really stupid thing to put in there. <laughs> yeah, a lot of those like sort of teenage post-apocalyptic books did that. Mm-hmm. The Divergent did the same thing where it was like there's yeah. one girl who like has four well, different boyfriends. she ends up staying with the same guy in Diver- yeah. all throughout Divergent. Yeah. I've actually only ever, I don't think I've ever seen the other ones. I've I didn't care Divergent. for the movie. The, I read the first like two books out of that series and it was okay. Mm-hmm. It was very, very similar to The Hunger Games though, I thought. So... But, I mean, it was a little different, but I don't know. It just, it was very similar. Well, there were a lot of those post-apocalyptic things that yeah. came out. Like, I know that Divergent and Hunger Games, and there was another one called um, Uglies that was similar. Um, kind of post-apocalyptic, like, people shed their skin to become more pretty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they get sent to another district. <laughs> yep. That's a, so. I'm pretty sure there was even districts in... Um, Divergent as yeah. well. There was, or at least there was different like factions. Maybe it wasn't districts, but it was like a faction of people. Yeah. So, yeah. Cool. Well, that's a interesting. But yeah, we all, I feel like all three of us have very different so picks. Different. Yeah, what was yours for a movie that never gets movie old? Movie that never gets old. <laughs> I did uh, the wrong one. Oh, no, you did the wrong one. Oh, <laughs> I did franchise. Uh, I did spoiler Hunger alert. Games. Sorry. That's one of our. Um, my movie that never gets old was Breakfast at Tiffany's. Ah, oh, okay. So I completely messed that up. Gotcha. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> so your movie that never gets old is Breakfast at Tiffany's. Yep, so with Audrey Hepburn. Why does it never get old for you? What's it? What? What's I can your... literally watch Breakfast at Tiffany's ten times a day every day. <laughs> like I just love Audrey Hepburn. I think she's a great actress. Mm-hmm. Tiffany's such an odd woman too. Yeah, she is. <laughs> like I think that's what I like about it because she's like a, like a middle class woman and she dresses up like in a gown with pearls and a tiara and gloves. And she has like her little coffee and croissant and then she goes by Tiffany's. And every like looks, morning, yeah, looks every in morning looks in the window, but never buys anything. <laughs> but it's just such an odd movie because like Tiffany doesn't like to get attached to people because like mm-hmm. she has an apartment, but there's like barely anything in it. And then um, she has her cat that she finds and she names it Cat. She doesn't even give it a real name. <laughs> she just calls him Cat until like she meets, you know, of course, a guy. <laughs> mm-hmm. But even then, she doesn't really settle yeah, down completely. She's very hot and cold. She's uh, she's a big partier too. She likes to have big parties in her apartment, and then like when stuff gets too much for her, like the cops get called on them, and then she just leaves and pretends it's not even her house. <laughs> That's really funny. She's always kind of like back and forth. <laughs> That's cool. I've actually I haven't I've never seen it. It's an odd movie mm-hmm. for sure. It doesn't really have much of a story to it. No, but it's, it's kind good. of like a study of her life or something almost. Kind yeah, of like a Napoleon Dynamite, but not like really comedy, more like a drama esque. Gotcha. But, but she's maybe a, a good actress. Comedic, yeah, yeah, yeah it nice. is a little bit funny. Cool. So that was your uh, that was your movie that you never get tired yeah, of. Breakfast at Tiffany. Cool. Nice. So my movie that I never get tired of is Turbo Kid. 
<laughs> and it's just so fun. Um, I think I watched it with you, Alyssa, and I watched it with Matt, and I watched it with Holly, and um, I watched it once by myself as well. And it's just so good. It's like it. It's just such a goofy, wild ride, and um, has a great soundtrack. Yeah, the soundtrack is super awesome and synthy, and uh, it's basically about um, this post-apocalyptic wasteland. Um, It's set in 1997, and this kid who is like a huge comic book fan um, adopts the persona of his uh, favorite hero, who is Turbo Kid, and he meets this girl. um, Isn't she a robot? Yeah, she's a well, yeah. Spoiler, I guess, but that's not her, a spoiler. It's like her, from the very beginning. Her name is um her name is Apple, and so his crazy, enthusiastic, goofy friend, and they um there's this sort of evil overlord guy, um named Zeus who is played by Michael Ironside, and he's just such a great villain, and um so, um the kid and Apple go and face off against this tyrannical sort of overlord guy, and it's. <laughs> got like you said it's got a really cool color scheme a great soundtrack and it's like stupid over the top gory <laughs> and um but yeah it's it's just a lot of fun it's kind of like if i had to compare it to anything i would say it's like mad max but like with kids and on a bmx bike mm-hmm. um it's just they're kind of roaming through this wasteland and on a bike and they're going to fight this guy and yeah it's really cool it's it's a lot of fun i think the fact that like it's very synthy and kind of upbeat and happy but over the top gory makes it like really fun. And um, yeah, it's just one I could watch over and over again. What was that tired. kind of futuristic movie that had Matt Damon? Um, Elysium? Yeah, that's what it kind of reminded me of. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. I guess in a way. Gotcha. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> cool. Well, that is, that's my pick of <clears throat> movies that I never, or a movie that I never get tired of. So our. Um, Last category is your favorite franchise. So Alyssa's already told us that (laughs) The Hunger Games and Catching Fire is her favorite movie out of her favorite franchise. So yeah, what's yours? My favorite franchise is, and I base this off of like how many times I could watch the franchise in full, like Mm -hmm. over and over again. Yeah. Um, And so that one for me is Harry Potter. Okay. Um, Nice. And I I just like the big epic tale of it all. Yeah. Like it was the first like magical adventure that I'd ever watched. Mm -hmm. The second one was Lord of the Rings. So that has like a a part two in my, my heart. Um, but yeah, Harry Potter was my first epic event adventure tale. I watched the movies before I read the books, but my favorite movie is Goblet of Fire, um, with the whole, um, Triwizard Cup and that kind of stuff. I loved (laughs) the movie, but I hated the book. It was not my favorite. Really? Yeah. I read the book so quickly. That Mm -hmm. book was like 700 pages and I think I read through it in like four days. My favorite book is probably The Half-Blood Prince. Yeah. Yeah. That was a good one. Yeah. Um, I like that one But yeah, it was my my favorite movie of the Harry Potter franchise was Goblet of Fire. I remember like renting it like every time we went to um, movie gallery. Yeah. And um, I would just like watch it on repeat. I'd watch it as I fell asleep at night. (laughs) Like, you know, I was not allowed to have my TV on. So I like turn the contrast down so they couldn't see the TV. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And turn the sound down. Sometimes I wear headphones until (laughs) I fell asleep and I'd set the timer and. Yeah, sometimes I wake up with the like the um, movie, the DVD <laughs> menu on. Nice. <laughs> yeah, it's like when you fall asleep and Mario Lopez starts playing. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. So that when you said you that was the one you used to rip from the video store that that was a that reminded me of of good times at the video store. Did uh, did you have a 
a tape or a DVD, let's say, that you used to rent? Like, like one that you would rent um, multiple times, like, every time you went back? Like, oh your goodness. go-to movie? I don't even know if I can remember it. <laughs> <laughs> you have to come back to me on that one, okay. I guess. Oh, Mine was a, a Teenage Ninja Turtles tape that I used to rent, <laughs> and I told Holly about it. Like, mm-hmm. I used to, every time I would go to the video store, I would rent the same Ninja Turtles tape. And I don't remember, like, which episodes. It was just, like, four or five episodes, but they were all, like, it was part of, like, a story arc. That was all together, and um, yeah, I would rent it every single time that I go to the the. Um, I think it was like either Blockbuster or like a local one called like Video Warehouse or something like that. But um, yeah, I would rent it every time we went. And eventually, mom and dad were like, "Just buy it." Like, <laughs> we we paid like fifty dollars for this tape uh, in rental fees. Yeah. And um, then after that, it was a Cowboy Bebop DVD that I used to rent all the time. Those were my go tos a lot of the time. I think one that. I always got with some of the Scooby Doo's mm-hmm. or probably the Little Mermaid. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I remember you used to watch Little Mermaid. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Little Scooby <laughs> Scooby Doo is. Uh, I used to run a lot of those Zombie too as well. Island. Yeah, I remember being a kid and like I got in the car one day. Mom and Dad came to pick me up from school, and the new Scooby Doo on Zombie Island movie had come out on VHS, and Mom had bought it for me and she gave it to me, and we watched it. It scared the crap out of me. It was so it's scary as a kid. It's, yeah, it's still pretty creepy. Witch's Ghost is probably my favorite Scooby-Doo, though. Mm-hmm. But anyway, we have taken a sharp turn. <laughs> so, so to recap, Holly, your favorite franchise is Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Melissa's favorite franchise is Hunger Games. My favorite franchise is Halloween. Everybody, yeah, I, I knew I wouldn't surprise you guys. Um, but I just love... the. Um, Specifically the first one. I know I've talked about Halloween and John Carpenter and all that on the show like a bajillion times, but I love the whole series. Um, I used to hate part three season, The Witch, because it didn't have anything to do with Michael. Um, but I, in the past few years, I've come around to that and I actually really like that one a lot. Um, but the whole franchise is really great. I like um, Michael's my favorite like movie villain. and um, I actually really liked the newer one. Yeah, the new yeah, one was really was good. Awesome. I, I enjoyed it a lot, and um, I'm excited for Halloween we Kills. We watched that on Halloween. Didn't we? we did, yeah. Past week. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but yeah, I like all the movies in the franchise, except for uh, Resurrection. But um, 4 is probably my favorite sequel. I love the story arc they do with him, and um, kind of, even though they start to give him a little bit more backstory, he's still real creepy. And um, yeah, I just, I mean, I feel like if a, if a franchise has like 10 movies in it, and there's only one bad one, mm-hmm. then... I think that that's a pretty solid franchise. And honestly, those movies are so fun and nostalgic and just entertaining to me that I can just watch the whole series at any time and, and be okay. Like I can watch those movies all the time and not really get tired of them. And I do every year. I rewatch them over sure Halloween. Do. So yeah. Sure so that's do. my favorite franchise. So, um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm just really excited for things to open back up again. We got, we can go see some movies. Just, I feel like there's so many on our list that we wanted to see that we mm-hmm. haven't gotten to. I'm excited for like uh, Invisible Man and for The Lodge. And mm-hmm. There's a bunch of stuff that's I'm coming I'm excited up. for Black Widow. Yeah, Sky Black Widow got pushed back. So, yeah, November. Quiet Place 2. Yeah. yeah there's a, September is looking like a busy month for movies, though, because they pushed Candyman back, they pushed Quiet Place, and then Conjuring 3, all, all three of those come out like back to back to back. Yeah. In September, so it'll be a good pre-Halloween month. I'm only worried about Black Widow. 
<laughs> Lizzie's just worried about Black Widow. That's the only thing she cares about. <laughs> but um, yeah, I know this episode was a little bit different, but I hope you guys had as much fun as we did. Um, so my sister's up visiting us, and so I thought we would have her on and do a fun little uh, thematic episode or whatever. But mm-hmm. yeah, hope that you guys had fun listening. So I'm Anthony. I'm Holly. I'm Alyssa. Thanks for listening. Welcome to Primetime. We'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye.